Macariar to Stokes, who's onside. Wagner! Here's Sims to put Stokes this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it! Just a minute to play. That's stoppage time. Here's Letizia! Hello and welcome to another episode of Ultimate Eleven of the Saints FC podcast. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by John this time. How are you doing, John? Uh, I'm great, Ben. I'm really excited about this episode and, and potentially some future episodes to come. Yes, yeah, very exciting stuff. So our special guest today, uh, he, he tells us that he's not famous, but he certainly will be amongst Saints fans. Uh, we're delighted to have Mick Channon Jr., uh, horse trainer, uh, author, and uh, son of beloved Southampton legend Mick Channon. Welcome. That one had to Welcome. come in, didn't it? The son of had to come <laughs> in. At the end. I knew that. Because <laughs> considering your book's called "How's Your Dad," um, I think yeah. I think yeah, it was it was I'm to be expected. It? I've, 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 I can't. I've got no. I've got no fighting chance there, have I? Fair enough. Carry on, boys. Sorry. No worries. How are you? Are you well? I'm very well, Ben. Yeah, not bad. I'm. I've been doing this. For the last thirty-five years, doing not my picking ultimate... your team. Oh, for thirty-five years in the pub <laughs> arguments. Um, I can remember. Anyway, you carry on. It's I'm yeah. It's a shambles now, but I've I've got to go with it as I feel at this time and place. No, I mean we're really looking forward to hearing it. Is it? Um, have you sort of got a balance between like your favourite players, or is it? Have you tried to pick like the best team? Uh, favourite players, favourite players. Excellent. I, I take it I'm the manager of this team and we'll either, we'll either be top of the table by 45 points at Christmas or I'll be sacked in October. <laughs> Excellent stuff. All right then, well, let's get into it. So you've picked your team. Yes. How are you, uh, how are you lining up? What's your formation? Are you going classic? No, God no. No, I'm, Ooh, going, okay. with, I'm going with three at the back, four in the middle. Of which there's probably only three in the middle, because we all know who's <laughs> going to be doing what he wants yeah. to do. And I'm going with three up front. Uh, like I say, nice. probably I'll be sacked. We'll be in the relegation zone by October, or or, or romping the league in December, January. I, I I like this approach. It's kind of a similar sort of approach that people have when they do fantasy Premier League football. You know, you want to have as few defenders in there as possible, as many of exactly the same sort of midfielders, which just free scoring midfielders, and then yeah, chucking a few attackers. Three four three, and and I'm guessing a really attacking three four three as well here. Yes, yes. Put it this way: I've got one defender that I could actually say defends, even though I've got two <laughs> alongside him at right back and left back. The goalie's oh, good, wait. though. Well, I think that's going to be critical in this, isn't it? I think, well, it certainly is. He's going to be a busy boy. He's going to be a busy boy, but um, I've got a bit of steel in it, steel down the centre to um, make sure he doesn't... Um, well, no, to be honest, it's, he's going to get massacred. He's, he, he's got to be as good as I always remember him as being, put it that way. And are you sort of spanning quite a few teams and generations, or is it all I'm, concentrated yes. in one... There are period. no, there are, there are, there's 
three threads. I think there's three threads. There's 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 the childhood team, which goes from 1980 to 1985, and then there's the okay. cup cup final team in 2003 under um, Gordon Strachan, and there's the time when I paid when I stopped being the son of a Saints player and started paying and standing on the terraces at the Milton under his stand and the arches. And then there's just um, the resurgence side as well. So the Division 3 through to um, Premier League under Nigel Atkins. There's there's a couple of them in there as well. So Excellent. that's how Oops. I've, I've Oops, just done it. Basically, every single one of these players makes me cry a bit. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in love with them all. That's what we like to way. hear. Yeah, I mean formations and the, yeah, I mean yeah, formations don't really interest me. Well, clearly, yeah, three four three, a very a very attacking three four three. Yes, uh, exactly, and a, and a keeper who's got his work cut out. <laughs> yeah, the goalie's got to be good. The goalie's got to be good. Well, let's start with the keeper then. Who's who have you got in goal? Right now, everyone knows that Peter Shilton is unarguably the best. Goalkeepers Southampton have ever had. Um, I mean, 125 caps for England. But the problem with Joe Corrigan, and it's also the problem with me, is I cannot masquerade as solely being a Southampton fan throughout my entire life. And the problem I've got with okay. Peter, Sh- the problem I've got with Peter Shilton is when I first went to a football match ever, it was at Main Road, Manchester, when I was about three, four, five. Can't really recall it. And the goalkeeper there was called Joe Corrigan. And I was a Man City fan. from That was the only team I knew until I was about five years of age because my father was playing for them. And Joe Corrigan, if you speak to any of my family, and to a certain degree now, Joe Corrigan was God. And Peter Shilton, along with Ray Clements, kept Joe Corrigan out of the England side. So I can't have Shilton, even though I know he's the greatest Saints goalie of all time. So I've, I've gone for anti-Niamey who was, in my opinion, oh. my opinion when this was the time, 2003, the Strachan team was when I was going through a very psychologically obsessed phase of being a Saints fan. Travelled from, I lived in Manchester at the time, and I'd think nothing of going, going down St Mary's to watch them on a Tuesday night. Um, I'd travel that and travel back, and it didn't really bother me. Niamey could do everything. He was, I remember one cock up against Pompey, but apart from that, he was nigh on perfect. And you lads, you lads oh, are yeah. young enough to remember him. Oh yeah, Niami is, Niami is just kind of smack bang in the middle of my peak Southampton era. Um, and what a keeper. He was so good. He could have played at a much higher level because with all due respect, Southampton weren't the best Premier League team when he was uh, when he was there. And he, he exactly. definitely could have played... Uh, I mean, when you think, side, I, think. I remember because I lived in Manchester at the time, and I remember going to Old Trafford when I think he was in goal for us that day. When the Italian lad let in that shocker <laughs> from Tiz, you know, when it bumbled through, yeah. and like how he never got a move to a big club, you know, when you think the players we have sold on, Niamey was top class for me, and I, I just had total confidence in him. And when you think of some of the keepers we've had through the years, going back to. Well, we don't have to talk about it. I mean, Tim Flowers comes very close because he was he's in that era when I was first paying £2.50, having had four beers as a 15-year-old and still getting in as a as a juvenile through the turnstile at the Milton. Uh, 
Tim was great. I loved Tim. And, uh, but Niemi for me was just, I thought he was brilliant. I'm not quite sure why he's not, you know, not more widely, um, you know, heralded as a, as a proper, as a proper goalie. I'm sure it's just because it's it's Southampton, isn't it? Can I share my favourite Anthony Niemi um, memory with you guys? Do you Go remember on, when he nearly scored for us? Nearly no. scored. Do you remember this? So I think um, uh, we were away to Fulham, and uh, we're like two one down, one nil down, something like that. And Anthony Niemi goes up uh, for the corner. Nobody bothers marking him because why would you mark the goalie? And he chests it down. Yeah, this is away at Fulham. He chests it down and he volleys it up against the crossbar. Like he nearly scores an absolute worldie of a goal. Uh, You know, wonderful control on his chest, smashes it against the crossbar. And then I think it, I think, um, is it Michael Svensson? Yeah, uh, gets the rebound and and scores. And and that's that's the equaliser. But, you know, for a split second there, it looked like Anthony Amy had scored a goal that was going to be in the goal of the month competition and match of the day. It was it was nearly well, he that was certainly good. More threatening than, he was certainly more threatening than Klaus Lundervam going up for corners, wasn't he? <laughs> he certainly was. And Svensson, there's a lad who should be in my side. Michael Svensson, he was a good player. God, he was part of that 2000. He, he was. was part of the Strachan team. I always remember him as the Strachan team. God, we had some good players. We was just, it was, we had a real team. We had a, we had a, we had a Southampton, you know, a, 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 a town city spirit then, didn't we? It was a real good side that, some good lads there. I've forgotten, mm. Stu, um, I've forgotten Matthew Oakley as well. He was a good player. Anyway, sorry, carry on, lads. I'm waffling. No worries. That was so that was just about the the turn of the um, the Dell into the St Marys as well, wasn't it? That was just about that kind of era it when was, we when it, he was, was in between was the, the sticks. End, it, wasn't it the end of the Stuart Gray, Steve Wigley? What 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 quite yeah. are we doing? Sort of thing. What, um, <laughs> didn't we have Paul Sturrock at the time? And it was like, well, they're they're nice people and that, but what what you know, you know, we signed Rory De Lapp and he was like. He was all right, but God, it, we thought the the St Mary's was the new dawn, didn't we? And then this this group of lads came together. That was a that was. I remember being very excited back then. Hi, it's, it was a great time. That, that Strachan side. No, I, I was I had a season ticket with my dad for that. Those kind of early seasons at um, St Mary's, and yeah, watching that Strachan side, it, they just got better and better, didn't they? Up until that cup final, I think that was. Well, probably yeah. the pinnacle was that semi-final against um, was it against Watford? Aston Watford, Villa? yeah. yeah. Ormrod got the park. first beat. He bundled in the second, and oh, I, I travelled down from Manchester that day, and oh, it was magic. It was everything that I'd ever wanted to do with Saints to watch them win. I was at the uh, semi-final in '84 when Adrian bastard Heath. Anyway, <laughs> let's not go there. Let's talk about Saints players. <clears throat> I'll get over it one day. <laughs> Um, were you guys at the at the 2003 final? Yeah. Oh yeah, we all went. We all went. All the lads yeah, were there. Yeah. I think I remember. Unbelievable. I, yeah, I I did. I was doing a documentary on my dad at the time for Channel Four, and so I got um, I got all my expenses paid, but that didn't stop. I was on. I was I was on it for about three days beforehand, and I just met a camera crew there and said, "Point it that way," um, and I got paid for it as well. So that was great. And I also met John Sydenham and Terry Payne in the stand. I wore my dad's um, 76 Cup final shirt that day. (laughs) I had nipple rash for months. (laughs) 
That, we were wearing the uh, the yellow and blue, weren't we? That was the, yeah, yeah, the exactly. Yeah, the kit. whole place I remember was yellow and blue. Half of yeah, it was absolutely mad, and I mean against Arsenal as well, and their fans were just sort of waiting for the whole thing to be over, really. And um, we stayed till the end. It was and I'll never such forget. an incredible atmosphere. Yeah, it was unreal. I'll never forget the first what the first fifty seconds. I'll never forget that we should have been down to ten men. Lundqvist van basically pulled on back, didn't he? And well, it would have been an absolute massacre otherwise. If if the if the ref would have done what he should have done, we'd have been well. It would have been the worst day of our lives. But it was terrible. But it was it, as I say, they they battled and they weren't good enough. But they they were a lovely side, Strachan's lot. Nice people. You yeah. felt like that. You felt like you know you were part of it, didn't you? We'll go from left to right then of your very offensive back three. Who you want have you to start on the me left, left hand back. side? I got Mark yeah. Dennis. I got Mark Dennis. I mean, I could say Derek Statham, who was very, he was top class. And Franny was, Fran, we all love Franny, but Mark Dennis, um, dear me, I mean, he was he was a runner up in the FA Cup and runner up in the league in the great 84 team. Um, and you've, I mean, fullbacks from, as I say, I, I can only really count. I do remember stuff before 1980, but Mark Dennis was hard, totally batty. I mean, a lovely mad when you, man when you meet him and, you know, you just want to give him a cuddle because he's very hard on himself, I feel, in terms of, you know, he's obviously had issues in his life. But, God, if he went forward, he... he I don't think he ever had a doubt. If he he, he played a one-two into inside, he was gone down the wing. Great left foot, hard as nails. I'm just looking at my team now. I, we might have a few disciplinary issues, but um, <laughs> Mark Dennis, if you saw him, I mean, I think the best thing that sums him up is the goal that he uh, is when he knocked it into Worthington in what was it 83, 84. I was there that night. It was a Friday night game against Liverpool. He's knocked it into Frank Worthington. He's knocked it back. And Dennis has gone for the rebound. And it was either first or second touch. He's gone across it first time. It was a block tackle with whoever was playing right back for them then. But he's carried on going. He's smashed it. I mean, he was quality. He was a good player. I mean, you know, he was he his, his disciplinary didn't make him top class, but he should have been because Mark Dennis was a proper player. He was brilliant. And my other fullback actually... Is a is in a, of a similar ilk. We're not we're not too bothered about um, tucking in and uh, defending our lines. But I love Mark Dennis, and I, I you know I I don't know him very well. But to meet him, he's you know he's he's a chap that you just think, you know, and he's still down this way now, and he's you know and he loves his Hampshire cricket, and he's a good man, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, he's uh, a bit before my time, so I don't really know too much about him. I've just looked him up on Wikipedia and the first sentence that leaps out is Dennis was sent off 12 times in his career. So, and this is in the 1980s. Yeah. Can you remember any of those? <laughs> yeah. Can you remember any of those sendings off? I mean, as a young fan, there must be something that sticks out from his appearances that, that you just treasure in your memories of Mark Dennis. Not, not with Mark Dennis, no, because I'll be honest with you, I had like a surrogate Saints supporting family because I was a turncoat again. I went from, as I said at the start, I was a Man City fan to start with. And at the edge of this time, my family, my grandma and granddad, Megcroft, who were there from Hamble originally, but there, you know, my granddad was a customs docker, customs and excise. He worked on the docks. And my nan worked for the Civic Centre Council. But 
Once my dad left Saints in, what, 1982, grandma and granddad didn't have their season tickets anymore, me mum's mum and dad. And uh, so I went along with a fellow called Terry Smart, who was a dentist who worked at the top of Hill Lane. And he, he had a season ticket. And I'll never forget, we went to the we, we went to a game against Liverpool once on a Friday night. And that summed up Mark Dennis. He was He just went forward all the time. He was, and I only saw him probably four or five times a season. In that, in that sense, but that was during the time when we, we were runners-up in 84 in both the Cup and the semi-final. We, got, we should have won that, but I think I've already covered that. But I, I, was, I was a Saints fan, but also following Norwich City at that time, simply because my dad had signed for Norwich. So um, I'm a bit of a whore in that sense, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but he was, he was certainly a player that you, you had to stand up and pay attention to him. I mean, he was... A, he was if it weren't for his disciplinary levels, he'd have been. He'd have been a. He should have been an international. And you said uh, the player that you picked on the right hand side was of a similar ilk. Who have you got on the right? Yeah, you see, Mark Dennis. You could go with Franny because he's a great, great Saints man. And Jason Dodd is exactly the same. I mean, solid, uh, consistent, reliable, um, and obviously every club thrives on them. But I'm sorry if you ever saw him play, Ivan Golak. I can still see him now. I can still see it. he. He had the same size. He had the same. He didn't have the same size, but he had the same aura as Chris Nickel, who was a big, strong, and Dave Watson, big, strong centre halves. And I remember that. I remember that Ivan used to change. If you went in the old Dell, they used to number them as you went in on the right. The goalie was normally Peter Wells or Ivan Katalinic. Number two was Ivan Golak. Number three was Nick Holmes, and then number four was Steve Williams. Number five would be, would, I think, I think number five was Dave Watson and Chris. Now, and then it came up to the fun area, which was which was Kevin Keegan, uh, my dad. Borley always wore eleven, even though he gave stick to Keegan because he nicked his number. But I always remember Ivan used to come over and sit with me dad, and I'd have been an eight-year-old, six-year-old, I don't know. And Ivan, he had the same posture as. Dave Watson and Chris Nickel, but he had these thighs, and he used to he used to like he used to. I, I'm doing it now. I don't know why, because I'm on audio rather than video. He used to, and he these thighs, and he goes, ah, Nick, 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 Bawley, Nick, Nick, and he used to have the crack with the lads, and he was just so shiny and flamboyant, and he's he wasn't as big as them lads, but he was wide, and I think it was the rank Xerox Patrick shirt that just, you know, he didn't deviate. He was as thick all the way down the middle with these massive thighs and if you'd have seen him at the Dell under the lights in the second half when we attacked the Milton Road end he played with his little toe if we all play five aside the first ball came and if it came into him he'd knock it with his little toe just into Steve Williams or Borley I, I and and I'm only saying this because me and my grandma Avril's seat was above Laurie's uh, dugout and we were on the first we were on the balcony, basically. We were right above, but and they're the they're the reasons that my right hand side of the the back, the middle, and the front, they were just such magic times because Ivan Golak would. You, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. When a ball comes in, you nip it round the corner of whoever's coming to him, and Ivan Golak just ran away, just ran towards the Milton Road, and it was just. And you just knew if you give it away, Ivan wouldn't turn around and stop and think, oh, I better get back. That was Ivan's job. If someone didn't give him the ball back, that was just game over. He was the most flamboyant, um, 
Well, at the time, glamorous. I mean, I think we got two Yugoslavs for the price of one because I'm not quite sure why Ivan Kacalinic turned up because he couldn't catch a cold. But if you ever saw Ivan Golak, even as an eight, nine-year-old lad, he's up there with with Mark Dennis. It was just, well, it's something's going to happen here. We're, we're either going to let one in or we're going to play five one-twos and score an absolute worldie. He was... I don't even know where Ivan Golak come from because he felt, he felt like another planet. It, it was... God, what a player. And I'm not sure... Well, put it this way. There's that goal on match of the day when he scored the half volley that that, that always makes me chuckle because my dad... Who was it? Tony Gover, I think. My dad gets all the credit in the world. All he's done is jumped it and flicked it on. And, and Ivan's run onto it from right wing when he was supposed to be at fullback and smashed it in with a half volley from 30 yards. And it's still going now. What a player. <laughs> and what a... What a what a smile I've got on my face now. I can't tell you, lads, how glad I am that you are so robbed of such an absolute gift of watching that much joy. It's, it's just wonderful to hear you talking about uh, Golak like that because, uh, you know, again, I've missed out on him. I, I'm a little bit uh, too young to have, to have seen him. But the, the whole idea of having kind of... Um, an exciting player from the continent coming in. And of course, I've seen the YouTube videos of that goal. I mean, it's, it's insane, isn't it? You know, he should be crossing from there and he's volleyed it into the top corner. It's, it's great. <laughs> but that was him. He, I'm, I can't pretend, I don't, I've not met Ivan Golak since 1982. I've not seen him. I, I loved it when he won the cup with Dundee United. I think he won the cup in Scotland with Dundee and they love him there as well. He was he was just weird. No, he was eccentric. He was. An, he, he could barely speak any English. Me dad. I remember my dad taught him to swear. And <laughs> oh god, it was just and like he couldn't even swear properly. He was just God, and it was just. Like, I remember, but he was very close with Borley as well. Borley apparently, you know, Borley looked after him because they. I think Ivan and his family moved into um, Chandler's Ford where Borley lived, and it was just. Everyone, every, and I don't even think go. I don't even think Ivan knew what, and I didn't know what the crack was about. All I knew was loads of strange men were making loads of naught, using loads of naughty words, and I was told not to tell me mum. That I mean, at half term holidays, I was in the dressing room. I remember like the, the the carpet in the Dell at the Dell dressing room was like an astroturf thing, and I just remember just running round the Dell, and it, it was just. It was like holiday camp. It was amazing to a to an eight eight year old kid or whatever I was. It was, and to see Ivan Golak now and to to look back on the videos is just like I cannot tell you what Ivan Golak's thighs were like. And if I ever say <laughs> that about any other man again, I think I could be in trouble. But he was just so imposing and smiling all the time. And just when he got the ball, he was only going one way. And he was my granddad Reg, my granddad Reg, Southampton lad. Born in Manchester Street, um, couldn't get any more Southampton than that, and he just went. I just we called a we called a horse Golak because we wanted it to be good, because <laughs> all, all me and my dad used well, my dad never heard it, but the whole of the West Stand would hear Golak, and that was all my granddad Reg used to shout. He loved it, <laughs> and and again, it's not a team about me talking about formations and that. It's just hearing me granddad Reg because he used to sit. By the by, the exit right by the T bar. So we're right in the middle. You never knew. You probably never knew the West End T bar, which only did tea, bovril, wagon wheels, sausage rolls, and a Yorkie. 
And uh, um, but my granddad used to nip out because me and my nan were down the front. I never actually had a season ticket in my life because I used to sit on my nan's lap. A little old lad used to let me through the door, the double doors that went out the, onto the car park at the West Stand. And so Reg would have us queued up with our, I'd have a Bovril. At, and I can just remember Reg now, bless him, just go like, what a player, <laughs> what a player. And everything about him, everything about him makes me smile. And I was only eight. What a player. I mean, I'm gutted, gutted more and more that I've missed out on. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on your parents for conceiving you 10, 12, 15 (laughs) years too late. It's it's a shambles. (laughs) I know. I'll never forgive them. Um, But I mean, this is the second team that we've had and uh, Ivan Golet makes it into both of them. So he must have been doing something right. Yeah. Well, just fun. Just fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dodsey, Dodsey probably doesn't, he doesn't get in because he wasn't as good as Ivan Golek, but Dodsey also, um, we had a training session on the Dell when I had a terrible trial there. I turned up hungover because I knew I was crap at football and I'd uh, I'd never make it. And I got trashed the night before and I went to block a free kick that Dave Merriton had set up as a defensive drill and he, he, he hit me right in the knackers. <laughs> so Dodsey wasn't going to get a shout anyway. Uh... <sighs> Happy and then uh, who's who's in the middle then? Who's right? He's got the glue he's got to be, that holds this team together. He's, he's not the glue, but put it this way: I, there's a couple of lads that I, you know, I could talk. Svensson would have a great shout, but he needs a partner. I've had to go with someone mobile. Another fella from the Strachan side, and he probably wouldn't be for. You know, when you get a player, you just really think the world of. He could have been yeah. in this side. He was only a little Irish lad. He was about four foot eight. But even when we were disastrous in the championship, he stuck at it and he was our captain for it. Chris Baird. Do you remember him? I do, yeah. Yeah, I remember Chris Baird, yeah. I tell you what, I've got a lot of affection for him. He doesn't make the side. But you know when a little lad who came here and he played four games or something before the cup final and I loved him to bits because, and he had a great career in the end. He, he got to the UEFA Cup final or Europa League with Fulham. And it, yeah. but anyway, he doesn't get in, but he's a player I look back on with a smile. But I need a bit of pace and I need someone to actually have a quiet time. And with Anti Niemi in goal, without Peter Shilton shouting at him, and he, he was he was quick and he was agile. And I've just got a lot of affection from Ruben Agbula. Is he's because he's got <laughs> when you hear the lads in front of him, Ruben needs to be a little bit mobile, a little bit nippy. And he was a good little sweeper in that side when we had. You know, in, in the 84 side. Um, and also, I've met him a couple of times. And me, when me and the lads used to um, go and have a kick around on the sports centre, uh, Ruben would often be in the pub in the park when we'd have a pint afterwards. And he was he's a fabulous fella. But he's in there because he was... I think he would benefit without Schiltz going, Ruben! Ruben! That's all he ever did. I think all Shilton did was shout Ruben for about 80 minutes. Um, but Ruben Agbula's in there because he was quick, nimble, and just a, just another player who puts a smile on your face because he was one of us. We brought him up. I know he's a London lad, but he's a he's a Southampton lad, and I, I you know I, I always look you know every time I think about Ruben Agbula, I just think what a smashing lad. Yeah, again, another name that to be honest, I don't I don't know too much about who in terms of like modern day centre backs or Southampton centre backs, who would you kind of compare him to? Well, he wasn't. He wasn't like a. He wasn't like a centre half. He he was. He was a. He was almost a sweeper. He could play fullback as well. Um, 
Yeah. He had a tash, and this 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 side is tash light. It is light on tashes. I mean, I mean, my, my favourite tashes of all time would be Mark Whitlock, who basically he held down the the soul. And this is late seventies, early eighties. He was the only lad with a tash until Mick Mills arrived. Ruben then come through as an apprentice. He had a tash, and uh, obviously Franny brought it out. Well, I don't know. Franny carried on with the tash into the late nineties, late eighties, but. Um, Ruben was, he was nimble, agile, and he was a very quick player. And don't forget, he was another one of the lads who ended up as runner-up in the league in 84 uh, and should have won the cup. Um, I'm not going to go back to Adrian Heath, but he was, a, he was a good player. And it's a shame that he followed Laurie, and you can understand why he did when he went to Sunderland. But I like Ruben, and um, he was a good player. He was, and to be honest, he's the only tactical reason um, in this team because when you hear the lads in front of him you've got to have someone mobile who can mop up the amount of mistakes that are about to follow and uh, he's the only one who's actually shielding Antti Niemi from an absolute onslaught he's the only he's the bloke who's going to keep me in a job really Ruben if Ruben's not on his game (laughs) I've as I say I've gone by October yeah I I like Ruben again he's not a player that I ever saw play but he is um uh, a guy that I've spoken to before, actually. And um, he, he was really gutted to be sold to Sunderland because he, he loved it at Southampton when I spoke to him, I think, back in those days. He, he... I'm not sure on the politics. I'm not sure. I didn't know whether he had a contract dispute and Laurie, because I know Laurie took him with him, didn't he, in 85 well, I, or something I think like Laurie that. got, maybe Laurie got rid of him first and then he moved to Sunderland afterwards. But I remember Ruben was quite upset about it. And back in those days, he didn't have much choice over if you got sold, you were sold. That was it. No, exactly, you're just like, yeah. you're told, right, you're moving to Sunderland next week. And uh, I, I think he was pretty gutted. Well, he should, well, I mean, because, I mean, we had, they had a, you know, I mean, crikey, I mean, we did lack a little bit of mobility in the few years afterwards. I mean, you know, you know, we had, we had, you know, I suppose Russell Osman came in a couple of years after him, but I mean, Bondy wasn't the most, Kevin Bond wasn't the most mobile and that, and he'd have probably benefited alongside people like Ruben Agbula. As I say, uh, you know, not that hey, he's not a great of all time Nigerian, he was a Nigerian international, wasn't he, Ruben, but he was, uh, I, it was something about Ruben that I just liked about him. And uh, as I say, you can't knock it. I mean, apart from Liverpool, you know, apart from the Liverpool side in 84, he's a, he, he could have been a, you know, he he's he came second in the league, basically sweeping up behind Mark Wright. And, uh, you know, Mark Wright's an England international, and that goes to show that he played his part as well, Ruben. So, as I say, we need a bit of mobility, and that's what he's in there for. Yeah. Also, just quietly, Ultimate Mustache 11 is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's all over, and and Mark Whitlock. Um, Mark Whitlock is going to be captain. I mean, I, he only played about twenty <laughs> games, but he, I mean, anyone who can make the debut at about eighteen with the most. I mean, well, I put it this way. I mean, <laughs> we should have a Saints moustache eleven because we didn't yeah. have a lot. You didn't, you know, you think the Liverpool lads and that, and you know, the, they dominated the moustache scene, didn't they, in the in the late seventies? But we didn't have a lot of them. I mean, I, I don't know if you gents know my face particularly well, but uh, those of those listeners who used to watch on YouTube will know that I can very strongly get behind the moustache um, eleven, being the uh, the sporter of a fine handlebar moustache and a purveyor of my own brand of moustache wax. I have you know as well. So, uh, yeah, is, ladies and sorry, wow. sorry, John, is this 
Is this is this a Movember thing for charity or is no, this no, a... no? This this is since two thousand and eight. Um, it's been going for a while, twelve years. No, not even the not even a not even a goatee sort of beard attempt. No, an actual no, no. This is a, an, an actual handlebar mustache. Yeah, and uh, you, you can if if anyone blatant, wants to get in contact. A blatant one. Yeah, a blatant one. I mean, it couldn't be more blatant. It's turned up at the ends and everything. Well, uh, you're running this podcast. So you can be on the bench. <laughs> I, I think I'll be the be the star of the the, the handlebar moustache eleven. Certainly. All right, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right then, moving forward, uh, you've got four four in midfield. Uh, I think you've already alluded to who one of them is going to be. But how are you well, lining up? Uh, well, we've got we've got an anchor. We've got an absolute okay. monster. We've got the first name on my team sheet. We've got my captain. We have got the man who basically made me realise that Southampton Football Club is the only football club that should ever exist on the planet. I don't care if he did win the European Cup three times with Liverpool. I don't care whether he did win the league championship five times with Liverpool. I don't care what he's done. The best, the the reason. Every time, every time, right, this is the only lad who's helping Ruben Agbula out, mainly because when he did play for Saints, he was 75 years of age and deaf, is Jimmy Case. <laughs> he is by far and a million miles away my best favourite ever Saint. I'll include Matthew Letizia in that. I will include Ricky Lambert in that. Jimmy Case, to me, summed up when I first started becoming a punter, i.e., uh, I was young enough to get on the bus and go down to watch us. Um, you know, I got the bus down the avenue from, I got the number 47 and I'd meet my mates and we'd go to the pubs. We could get a cheeky pint in, even though we were 14 and we would queue up and we would stand in the Milton for £2.50 as a juvenile. Jimmy Case used to come out of that tunnel to our left-hand side and you would listen to it. And we then were the days when now I turn up at, one minute to three and away we go. But back then we'd be there for 20 minutes, um, you know, buzzing and you'd hear the team sheet and it would be one, two, you know, you'd have one Tim Flowers, uh, two Alexi Cherednik, number three, Franny Benali, number four, Jimmy Case. And it was like, right, okay, he's fit. He's not died. Um, he might be 75, but as soon as he gets on the, and he'd come out of that tunnel and he'd carry a ball with a tiny little mascot next to him, and he'd lump the ball about 500 feet in the air, and it was like, yes, we we we, we ain't going to get thumped today. <laughs> he he, We've got our man, because we had little Rodney on the left, Tiz on the right, Paul Ride out. We more or less played 4-2-4, and Jimmy would play with Glenn Cockrell or occasionally Barry Horn, to my memory, if my memory serves me right. And Glenn was a great player alongside him, because Glenn could bomb on a bit. But Jimmy Case would literally intimidate people. And not only that, we, we all love a hard man. But I tell you what, he was top class. And he was, God, he was just, he was the governor for about four or five years. And, you know, as, a, as an old age pensioner with a Zimmer frame, he, he wouldn't move more than 10 yards, apart from if he lumbered up and just now and then he'd find himself 30 yards out and he'd be that tired, he'd smash it like a thunderbolt into the top corner. And if... Put it this way, if, if I had a bromance in terms of Southampton, it would be Jimmy Case. <laughs> Honestly, you had to be that. You had, Jimmy had a tash early on, and then when he lost it, 
when he lost it, he got player of the season. And uh, <laughs> I think that was just before his 80th birthday. But, um, God, I, honestly, I, and to, to meet him, I mean, I've met a lot of the lads, as you'd know. You know, I feel like I've got imposter syndrome to even you lot be listening to my nonsense. But to meet Jimmy and to have a pint with him, you can't believe he won three European Cups and five league titles. And mm. Jimmy's just, honestly, he's he's just... And he is a scouser, and it's his first love, and obviously, but he is a saint. He's a he's a saint icon for me. He's he's oh God. I'm I'm welling up. He's <laughs> yeah. just he's just, just he's just an all time great, and he's just someone who made me go. Do you know what? We'll go somewhere with this lad. I'm just looking at some stats. So he played uh, the most of his. Are they, mus- they moustache Southampton? Are they moustache? No, they're not. When, when did he lose no, his tash? Because he did have one when he arrived. In career. <laughs> okay. No, it doesn't doesn't have tash stats, unfortunately. But he played uh, the most games he played were for Southampton between eighty five and ninety one. But he played uh, for Brighton and Hove Albion when he was forty two. Yeah. Yes, he did. He, he went. Well, I tell you what. I I was I was a uh, I had uh, I was I went to Peter Simmons College, but I had a phone call. And uh, I ended up going down there and did pre-season with Jimmy when he got bombed out by Ian Bramford. I was at, I went to Bournemouth, and I couldn't drive at the time. I was only sixteen, and uh, it was so funny. Kevin Bond, lovely bloke, Kev, he was there, and Jimmy didn't have a license. And he said, uh, and uh, and uh, it was either a case of me getting into digs down there and getting on the train and going down the digs, or but Bondy said, well, I can drive you down there and pick Jimmy up on the way. So within three months of the season before ending, I'm in the back of Kevin Bond's car picking up Jimmy Case and we're going training together. He was, as I say, he wasn't 75. I think he must have been 54 or something. But I was I was like I was like I was built like a jockey's whip. And we did a we did a three mile run up Boscombe Beach and Jimmy beat me. That was quite embarrassing, but I couldn't literally believe. And he always bought me a flapjack at the service station on the way home. And I always remember, do you want a flapjack, Michael? And I'm thinking, Jimmy Case is buying me a flapjack. <laughs> Jimmy Case is buying me a flapjack. Oh, God, heady days. I will say that is, I'm definitely changing the name of this podcast to Jimmy Case is <laughs> buying me a flapjack. <laughs> that is, what a line that is. That's, that's the strap line for this podcast. If Jimmy K, right, get them to write in. Has Jimmy Case ever bought you a flapjack? I might have been crap at football, <laughs> but Jimmy Case bought me a flapjack. And uh, there's a few things I remember. I remember Bondy saying to Jimmy, "So what's he like then, that Letizia?" I remember we were just turning onto the junction at Ringwood uh, when when all the roadworks was going on down there, and you had to go. And uh, he went, "He drinks coke all the time." Just coke, just thinks coke. He's never had a beard in his life. That's the first time I've remembered that conversation. And I thought Jimmy was going, yeah, well, Jimmy's lasted till till this age. He's a proper pro. But Jimmy was more disgusted that Tiz had never drunk a beer in his life. And I'm sat in the back saying nothing. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, so Jimmy Case bought me a flapjack. Do you want to end the podcast now? <laughs> How are we going to top that? I don't think you can. Oh dear. Okay, so Jimmy Case is your your rock. Who are the three in front he's, of him? 
he is literally well, okay on the right hand side of him. I'm playing a diamond because we all know he's going to yeah. do what he wants in the front of this lot. Um, Steve Williams is just on the right hand side of Jimmy Case, which means he can play in the triangle with Ivan Golak. Um, put it this way, Alan Ball, I'm sure, should be in this side, but I'm going on teams that I remember. You know, when Ballie was uh, a player, I with my dad and Keegan, I was only a kid and Borley didn't catch the eye. Um, Borley only caught the eye when I was on trial at the Dell in the gym and he was actually the best player at the football club. Um, and I didn't realise, Borley was 47 then. Um, Steve Williams was Southampton for about three years. After, after, after Keegan and Shannon left, I remember, again, sorry, imposter syndrome, but these are insights that uh, I actually remember. Um, he was the gobbiest, most opinionated, and I'll say sometimes downright cruel, especially to an eight-year-old kid. Um, he was, I cannot believe, well, I can believe how he became such a great player because when you think he burst into the team just after the cup win in 76 and for, for seven or eight years, he didn't take a step back and you can see that in the way he played. And I got to admire the fella. He was, he, I was a mascot when my dad returned to the Dell in 1983-84. And they made us get changed, uh, not not in the dressing room, which was right by the tunnel at the Dell. I was ch- getting changed in in the in the corner thing. So if you went through the, um, you went past the Saints dressing room on the right in the corner of the Dell, obviously, there was a little laundry room. Me and my sister, believe it or not, we went out as mascots. And uh, whoever it was, I can't remember who it was, but someone went, look who this is. And I hadn't seen Steve Williams for a couple of years. And I, I'm there in my Norwich kit. And he just went, you've got some front turning up here, Shannon, dressed like that. And he went, you've got the right <laughs> boots on, though. He goes, and th- put it this way, I've had to stick my head around the thing. And the whole dressing room's there. Laurie's there, all the lads are there, and this is the real good side. This is the Ruben Agbula side. This is the Steve Moran. This is the, you know, these are players. And my dad was like 36 and just getting a game play, month to month contract. He said, You've got some, and he slaughtered me. Like, I'm only 10, and he's slaughtering <laughs> me. And he's like, You've got some, fun. look at them boots, though. And I had a pair of Patrick Kevin Keegan, Keegan kid boots on, and he went, your boots are polished, though, aren't they? I said, I thought to myself, well, of course they are. I've been polishing them for a month. My dad said I was going to be a mascot at the Dell. And uh, he was, honestly, but that was, he. it didn't matter. And I remember him rowing with Borley. I remember him rowing with my dad. I remember him rowing with all the lads when he was 21, 22. But by the time he was 24, 25, he was Southampton's dressing room. And uh, mm. as a footballer, you know, the only shame that we had was, was in the semi-final of that year. He wasn't fit, but I mean, crikey! When you look at a career, if if he'd have, mind you, he wouldn't have been the player he was if he didn't fall out with everyone. But he obviously fell out with um with Laurie and that, and moved on to Arsenal, which he always said he wanted to. But you know, it didn't go great. He won a League Cup, I know, but God, he was a good player, and he he didn't respect anyone. You know, he was so disrespectful. That was what gives him my respect because. When you go into a dressing room environment like that and don't give a hoot about who's doing what, some player, some player. And it was only when the old gits like Mick and Keegan left that everyone saw the best of him at Saints. And, uh, God, good player. And the second 
person to make it into both sides as well. Steve Williams was in Ed Chamberlain. Was he really? Oh, yeah, Ed yeah, Chamberlain, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so who's alongside him? On the left, so in, in front of Jimmy Case, on the right of Jim is God, Jimmy Case, legend, uh, is Steve Williams on the right, and then just to the left of him is Adam Lalana, who is much maligned. Um, and I, in my personal opinion, when you spend 14 years at a club, come through the youth ranks, uh, play a major, major role in dragging a side from the third division up to the Premier League, and then you move on for 28 million quid. I ain't got a problem with that. He made a life choice. He made a career choice. Top, top class footballer. Part of the resurgence team um, who will, should always. And I know that I know I don't look at football in terms of a them and us. I look at football in terms of, well, what does this lad want to do? 14 years since the age of what? What was he? 13 when he joined us? All the way through, never shirked a challenge, always did. I mean, and he was so weak when he started, but you can see why he kept getting in the side. And as soon as we dropped to a level where he could actually think, well, this lot of crap, you know, I'm Hartley Paul United, behave. And he grew from there. Saints made him, but he also made Saints. And I've got a lot of respect for Adam Lallana. Sure. Put it this way. If someone... If someone wants to go and do something for their own career, it doesn't mean he hates saints. It doesn't mean that we're a bad... It doesn't mean he thinks we're bad people. He took a few quid, but if you're going to go to Liverpool and challenge yourself... You know, that's that's the only shame with Adam Lallana because I don't think he owes us anything. And I honestly, he was... You know, stuff like the... You know, the Johnson Pate trophy. You know, he was brilliant that mm. day. They all were... Mind you, played Carlisle United. Don't get me wrong. But... I think we were right for a Lalana, and he was right for us. And to be quite honest with you, if, if we'd have bought him, there's plenty of players we've bought for a million and buggered off inside 18 months for seven. Although we've copped a few quid, they didn't care about us. This lad, this lad made his own career and put Saints in a place they weren't in. And I've, I'm just, it's just a shame that everyone gangs up on people. It's a, the mob mentality now, and you're, we're all entitled to our opinions, but. I remember him as the footballer and as, as a real hard-working, talented England international that we found and we should be proud of. That's how I feel about humanity and society. He's gone on and bettered himself. And, you know, I feel it a real shame that he, he gets booed if he ever comes back to us. You know, crikey, OK, he could have taken out a full-page spread in the Echo, but they ain't going to change people's opinions. As soon as someone wants to lump on someone, that we all will. And I don't think we should. I just think he was a top player for us. And I think he, should, he deserves a bit of slack. And I don't care what anyone says to me in re- response to that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Michael. I, I think you think of Lalana um, also in those seasons when we were dropping from the Premier League down towards League One. He was literally the only ray of light in those kind of couple of seasons. And then when Lambert joined us and that resurgence up the tables, like watching Lalana and Lambert linking up for those, that's um, probably what, three, four, five seasons maybe that they were playing together. And that last season before um, they both left for Liverpool was just wonderful. I think they combined for over, you know, they were involved in over 50 goals for Southampton that season. And um, it'll be nice once 
that animosity has dropped and people remember Lalana for the football player he was for Southampton because he was a wonderful football player for Southampton. I get it. Well, I totally get it. I, I, yeah. I totally, I totally understand when people feel that players shouldn't have left, and it's normally the reason they hate you. I remember my dad leaving for Norwich and then ended up at Pompey. And everyone hated my dad playing for Pompey. And then my dad was very much a Bawley man. And Bawley was manager of Pompey. And to be fair, my dad's a Saints fan. But at the time, he wanted Bawley to do well. And he got all the stick because he was on Radio Solent. And he was going, I think Pompey will win the day. You know what I mean? And yeah, he shouldn't have done that. But he didn't do it because he hates Saints. He did it because he wanted the lads he played with the last 18 months to get promoted. Or you know what I mean? Or to, or to stay up. And, he, you know, I you can give me stick for that. But... Rudy Scatchell's better thought of than Adam Lalana. I mean, Gregor <laughs> Raziak's more popular than that. Yeah, you know, they scored a couple of goals in that, but they didn't stop us going down to Division 3, or whatever we call it. You know, do you remember yeah. the Raziak and Greg? I mean, they were crap. They were on twice the money that all the... Oh, bollocks to it. I'm not... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> slag off Adam Lalana all you want, but he represented us at a World Cup, you know, and I was proud of him at the time. And I think he made a career choice for himself, personally, professionally, and for his family. And I, I'm not going to hate the fella. No, I will always have a soft spot for Adam Milana. He was, as you said, like part of that amazing side that climbed the leagues, um, and also part of that fantastic team when we got back into the Premiership and everyone was sort of taken by surprise about how good we were. Um, you know, everyone was writing us off as being relegated from day one. Um, and yeah, he was he was proving a lot of people wrong. So yeah, I fully agree with you. Adam Lallana is Southampton. You don't legend. have to. You can disagree with me if you want. No, no, no. I mean, I've, I've, be, I've always I've always reasonable. fought his corner. No, no, no. I've always fought his corner. Don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was heartbroken when he left, and you know, yeah. But do you remember when he went he to the World angry, Cup? Though, but... we had Ricky in the World Cup. We had Adam in the World Cup. Who else did we have? Um, oh, we should have had Jay Rodriguez. Oh, we had Luke Shaw. Yeah, yeah, Luke Shaw went to the World Cup for us. All right, they all buggered off, but we got them there. And I don't think if you spoke to Adam Lallana tomorrow, I don't think he'll say, "Yeah, I couldn't wait to get out of that shithole." I don't think that's his. You know what I mean? I think he got the choice, nah. choice to sign for Liverpool after fourteen years, and he we got twenty eight million or twenty six million or whatever. Mm. Dry yeah, eyes. and it was a bit of a sh- a bit of a shame that it didn't work out for him at Liverpool, actually. Um, with injuries and things, he just never really... Well, he snapped his hamstring real bad, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Just, as, just as Klopp arrived, he, he proper snapped his hamstring and that hurts. Yeah. So that's a strong midfield pairing then, Steve Williams and Adam Lallana. And then... Don't uh, forget Jimmy yeah. Case. Don't forget Casey. Jimmy, well, he's he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of defensive work by the sounds of things. He's, so, yeah. he's hammering people. The great thing about Jimmy Case, I'll always remember, I've got to tell you this. We played Sheffield United about 1990... And Vinnie Jones was playing for Sheffield United. And that's sorry, I, I don't know, but this is my favourite Jimmy story. That that was the time when I was a bit of a sheep with me mates because I hung around with lads who could get me in the pub. So they were a couple of years older, people like Jimmy Painter and Stuart Oakley and Gavin Baird and all these boys that we used to go along with. And uh, we moved from the Milton and we went under East Stand. And I'll never forget it, a fullback from a... A fullback, the, the left fullback for Sheffield United, whoever he was, has smashed Rodney Wallace, absolutely smashed him to pieces. And he's nearly ended up in the under, he's nearly under, ended up with us under East Terrace. And uh, we've given it, Jimmy, Jimmy, we had the free kick and Jimmy was taking the free kick. Jimmy, smash him, do him, like that. And Jimmy's just giving us the nod. 
And about five or six minutes later, well, the lads got the, the left backs got the ball for Sheffield United. And we're going, get him, Jimmy, do him, Jimmy. And all of a sudden, Jimmy <laughs> has. And we've all gone, oh, Jimmy, you shouldn't. Have, that, that's awful, Jim. You should not have done that, Jimmy. And we were baying for blood 12 <laughs> seconds. Honest to God, I've never seen anything like it. And I, well, I, I think, well, I think, I think they gave, they gave the lad his leg in a case to take home. It was, <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, when your blood's up and we, you know, it was like the terraces under East Town. Oh God, it was brilliant. Anyway, sorry, you want the, you want the lad in front of the midfield three, my diamond to make me sound like yeah. I know what I'm talking about. It's Matt the point of your diamond. Yeah, it's Matt it is. Move on. <laughs> I mean, what else could be said about Matt Letizia, really, that hasn't already been said? Absolutely nothing. What about favourite Letiz goal? Oh, um, favourite Letiz goal was standing in the Bobby Moore end. Um, I was with my mate called Magnus Course. We got out of, what was it called? Green Street Tube State. It was a terrifying place, <laughs> Upton Park. Um I remember getting there. We'd spent the morning in, uh, well, we got on the train to Waterloo. We went to Covent Garden, loads of saints there. Brilliant. Got on the tube and then we weren't so gobby and drunk by the time we got there. It was terrifying. Last game of the season. I'm not sure if West Ham were playing, but some we certainly were. And uh, it was mobbed. It was the last day of the chicken run. I'll never forget it. I was just to the left of the goal in the Bobby Moore stand and they, the North Banker, um, we had a. It was. We were right behind it, and we had a free kick. And Paul Allen stood there. I don't know what Paul Allen think he was doing. And the whole North Bank were going big nose. He's got a fucking big nose. He's got a. And as soon as that happened, he's hit it right in the top corner. Uh, um, Ludo, the keeper, is just giving. It, and we've gone mad. And I think he he scored a penalty and he set up Neil Madison that day. And the only thing I regret about that day was the chase down to um was it was it Green Park station? Well literally we were getting chased down there and to jump but we stayed up. We stayed up and I I think we drew in the end. I think they got a last minute goal but I just remember running down to the tube station and the coppers weren't even because they used to make sure you didn't dob over the turnstiles, you know. But they were just going, just get in because we were getting chased down the road and we were heard I remember diving over the thing that's probably not a Matt Letizio moment it's more of a cowardice moment <laughs> but that was my <laughs> that, that is my memory of that he was brilliant that day that was that was when he just hit the you know that was probably four months under Borley when he just became the best player in the country yeah. for about for about 10 months just right well, best yeah. player just just ridiculous and shouldn't have even been the best player as well he was just brilliant who have the uh who have you got up front who is your strike partnership Behind uh, front, head up of front, I've got uh, up front. Well, Tizzy's going to help these lads out. Um, the first one's Steve Moran. Yeah. Um, from as a young kid, I remember Steve. I remember Phil Boyer, a fellow called Phil Boyer, who scored every single week. <laughs> um, just I don't quite remember what he did. I don't quite remember what Steve Moran did either. To be honest, he was the only lad that I remember seeing in the players' lounge which were up an iron staircase uh, by the players' entrance uh, on on the uh, west stand at the Dell. Just above the club shop, we had a little tiny pokey. And he was the only lad who was sort of, well, he's I was only eight or nine, but he was the only lad I could really relate to. 
and he always had a lager shandy. He sat there and he didn't do a lot more apart from just score goals and then run away like a hurricane, punching the air and doing a jump of... It was like the most cliched punching the air thing. I don't remember Steve Moran doing anything outside the box, but I just remember going, Steve Moran's like my age, you know, as a kid, because you had Borley, Keegan, you know, you had Dave Watson, my dad. They were all young. It was only him and Steve Williams. And as I say, Steve Williams was quite intimidating. Steve Moran was just, he seemed like a lovely lad and he was very quiet and uh, he was my hero. He was just like, anyone can play for Saints. Do you know what I mean? He was, he seemed like about, he seemed about four years older than me. He was just a fresh faced kid who just loved it and just jumped up and down. He celebrated like a lunatic. Top player. Well, not a great judge of it because I was a kid, but I just remember saying, Steve scored again today. You know, to my grandma, she goes, he always scores, (laughs) Michael. You know, he was just, he was just, and he had that enthusiasm of a daft kid playing with, playing with great players, you know, in a, in a really exciting team. We always give them a doing. Yeah, again, another player that I just unfortunately missed out on and didn't really see too much of, but have heard the stories and seen the highlights. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I just, just every time he played, he, he scored a goal. Yeah. You know, to my mind's eye, in my mind's eye as a kid, just like with Steve, just Stephen Randall's score, always did. Yeah. Just literally, I mean, when you think about it, we're taking... Like it's only Arsenal today, Grandma. It's only Liverpool. Steve will get a goal, and he invariably did. He was just, you know, he was just, and he he loved, and you could tell, you know, I don't remember him ever taking a throw in or a corner. I don't think he could take a corner, but he could kick it in the goal. Yeah. And he, you know, even he scored headers. He was only three foot tall. He was just, he was just a little bang goal. Steve Moran scores easy. Yeah. And then who's playing alongside him? Well, the centre-forward right at the point is the one and only Sir Ricky Lambert, um, Ricardo Lamberto. Um, James Beat, he's unlucky not to get a shout. He's one of the Strachan lads, but Ricky Lambert, to me, is the last Southampton hero, well, the only Southampton hero I'll ever add who's younger than me. I can say that with complete... I am in total awe of the man, yeah. along with Lalana. But obviously he's he's on the shoulders of Lalana because he took all the plot. I remember being where was I at the time? Someone went Saints. We were in the third division, and someone went. We just signed a bloke from Bristol Rovers, and I went right. And there was a photo of him. You know when they do the shirt reveal? Yeah. I just went. We spent a million quid on a fat pass. You know what I mean? It was like who? What? What? Who? Who is this bloke? You know, I didn't know a lot about Bristol Rovers when we signed him from him. And, um, well, inside, well, just, oh, goal, 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 goal. Ricky, goal. Just yeah. a goal. Just all sorts of goals. Headers, hold it up, knock it around the corner for Lalana. Little one-twos. He could he could smash it in from 30 yards. He could chip a keeper. He could smash a header at the back stick. Um, we were rampant. Yeah. With him and Lalana just turned us into, you know, it was embarrassing when you, the best goal ever was that one when the keeper fell over at Hartlepool United, I think. When you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, just so many smiles when I think of Ricky Lambert. Yeah. I mean, in terms of favourite players, Letizia can't be touched. Jimmy Case is the best of the lot. But in terms of, he's the first ever Southampton player I know who's younger than me that I will worship forever as a hero on the football pitch. I met him once 
and I said to him, hello, Ricky. And he went, hello, nice to meet you. And that's a special meeting. Um, and I got a selfie with him. I couldn't say anything more to him. Yeah. I couldn't say anything more to him. He was just, God. And for three, four, well, to this day, actually, I still think we ought to sign him back. Mm. Why he went to Liverpool. You can understand yeah. that. You can understand it. But, oh, don't go, Ricky. Don't go. Come back. Yeah, that was heartbreaking as well. But, I mean, that was you know, his boyhood club, Liverpool fan. Um, you know, you can't begrudge him that move at all. It's funny you mentioned Bristol Rovers. I actually, I saw him play at Bristol Rovers um, when I was at university there. Was he fat? He was huge, but he was the best mm. player on the... It was it was a boring drab, nil-nil. And then Ricky Lambert just des- decided to score from 35 yards and win the game. And it was like, uh, why yeah. couldn't you have done that after five minutes? We could have all gone home. But he was just the best player on the pitch <laughs> yeah. by a country mile. Yeah, and another and, and another lad who who another the great thing about Saints is like you give you give Jimmy Case a rescue, you give him a, you give Jimmy Case a little outshot from Brighton and Ove Albion. You you know what I mean? You bring through mm. you bring through Steve Williams. You know you you bring through a Lalana. You let Letizia do his thing. You find your place in life. Moran is another one who's one of us. You know, Lambert lost his way, and you know Rochdale and Stockport and. Bristol Rovers and things like that. And, you know, just bringing in Ivan Golak from Yugoslavia just because he liked the Rolling Stones, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally, you know, because he he loves English music. He's a rock and roll freak. We we all gave these people a home and they gave us a lot back and we gave a lot to them, you know. And I don't think you'll find any of my team going, oh, I'm glad to get out of that place. You know, all of my team, I love them and they love me. You know, not me, not me personally. Although, if Ricky Lambert wanted to love me, I'd um, yeah, not in that way. But you know, if he wanted to give me a hug, then um, well, I wouldn't let him go. He <laughs> literally means that much to me. He he gave me some great days and silly stuff like I didn't see as much of him away from home because I I stopped traveling. My time for traveling home and away was like nineties and and you know. Like in the nineties, I travelled home and away all over the place with Saints. But obviously, I worked with my dad with the racehorses, and I'll never forget. I feel like when he scored that hat trick, or he scored the last two goals against Millwall, I had a rare Saturday off. I listened to Radio Solent in the bath, and I still <laughs> feel like I was there. You know, because he scored the penalty in the last minute, and it was to get us more or less assured of promotion of the championship. Yeah. And I still remember sitting in the bath and just screaming my head off. Just screaming, Ricky. Anyway, I probably shouldn't go any further with this because, you know, they'll have an injunction out on I it. Do, I feel like I've learned a lot he, about he, you in this last hour. I know. Yes, yes, I know. I know. I've only had two beers as well. <laughs> I, I think i better get the rest open. I, mind you, if I did, I'd probably end up crying. But, yeah, he's a special man, and he, he made he made an impact on all – not in our lives, but in yeah. our football lives. He, he made us proud to be Saints people, and he made us – he dragged us up from from the he dragged us up by the bootlaces a bit like Tiz kept us up by the bootlaces for all them years. Letizia yeah. got the delt. Letizia got St Mary's built. Yeah, you know what I mean. If <laughs> yeah. we hadn't have had him, we'd have, we, you know seriously, we no one would have put twenty million into a stadium of a team who was, you know, Letizia Letizia mm. kept the club afloat and Lambert rebuilt it. Yeah, and you know players like Andalani. You know these players need to be these players need to be, you know, 
only if you're Saints fans, don't get me wrong. I don't want a petition. I don't want a blooming statue to them. But, God, they're important to us at that time. And that's the great thing for these people. Don't forget, Matt Letizio's a person. Lambert's a person. Mm. Steve, you know, all these people are people. And they came along in the right place at the right time and made a difference to our lives. And that's that's why all of these lads in this team are just, well, that's why I think they're great. And who's the final striker of your front three? He's playing on the right, though. He used to play down the middle when he was a young man. But he's in the side because of my grandma Avril sat in the West Stand with Ivan Golak, Steve Williams. And he turned into a more or less a right winger, but he just did what he wanted. His name's Mick Shannon. He's, um, he's, a he's, a he's, well, he's, he's Mick Shannon. He's, um, what can I say? Uh, He's, he's, (laughs) he's a funny man. He loves Southampton. He does what he wants. And he always did. And I'll always remember him and Ivan Golak marauding up the right wing in the second half when, and we've bought it back now, thank God. Oh, when the Saints is now sung at a slower pace. But they used to do it on the, on the, above even the old gits and the, the West Stand, the upper West Stand where I sat with my granddad, the average age was 85. Most people were waiting for God. But even that lot, when we had this team in the early 80s, my first team, it was it was awesome. And the floodlights would be on. And in the second half, even if we got gubbed in the first running towards the arches, when we were running towards the Milton, we didn't half just get amongst them. And I can still see me nan there with a flask of coffee and me sat on her lap and me dad coming out in the second half because he used to line up right in front. Remember them Perspex yeah. uh, dugouts they used to have? He used to stand there for the kickoff. He used to just wave up at me there. And uh, it was like every time he got the ball, everyone went, go on, Mick, have a go. And he always had a go. And uh, he scored a lot of goals. He is me dad. And uh, he's basically, I know, Come on, lads. He's the reason you got me on here because you want me to get you. You want you want me to get him to you, don't you? Well, listen. We'd love to get him on if you can make it happen. But the great thing I've just realised, I wrote this down at lunchtime, and thirty it's thirty five years in the making. But I can't name a single person on here who I don't think who I don't think thank you to. And I think there should be a lot more of that going on. You know, thanks to all, all of the fellas I've got in my side, and. Um, as I say, I spoke to Mick because he knew I was doing this. And he said to me, who've you got up front? Who've you got up front? I said, Ricky Lambert. <laughs> he goes, I've got a better player than you. He goes, I, he goes, Ricky Lambert couldn't lace my centre forwards boots. So it's about time. I think we ought to get Mick on. I think yeah. we're organised. Yeah, I think. Well, put it this way. He got, he got Saints Envy. When I started telling him my side, yeah. he got Saints envy. He said, Ricky Lambert, no. He goes, my centre forward's far better than yours. Um, <laughs> and I'll probably, I'll get, I'll for you, I, I mean, he's a hard man to tie down, but I'll, um, he'll be more interested in me and far more knowledgeable. But I think it's about time in the next few days, I'll get him and I'll post you a, 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 an audio file across of the proper Mick Shannon's all-time Saints eleven. Amazing. We'd love to hear who he picks. Well, it'd be contrarian. I know who's going to play up front. Do you want me to spot? I know a player already. There's one player 
that he just talks about that no one's ever seen. There's not a single goal of him on telly. There's not a single yeah. But yes, I know. I know. I already know who he thinks is better than Ricky Lambert, and I can't believe it personally. But he is adamant that he's literally the all-time Saints centre forward. Yeah. So before we go back over your your team, uh, who's your captain? Jimmy Case. Jimmy Case. Yeah. Yes. No. No other. No other people no. can come close. No. No. Not even a single. <laughs> no. No. And uh, yeah, no, no, Jimmy Case. Right. Jimmy Case, he does the lot. All right, Jimmy Case gets the armband. And uh, probably another obvious one, who's taking the penalties? Matt Letizia. Or Ricky Lambert. They can have a fight if they want, but I'm not really too bothered. I'm not going to be chewing nails off on the bench if either of them have a go. <laughs> That's true. They both got pretty good records. Yeah. Um. And so you are the manager of this side, but which Southampton manager are you having as your assistant? Uh, I'm having Alan Ball as my assistant, simply because he couldn't get in my team because I can't actually say that I appreciated him as a player, but it would be great to basically have a beer with him on the bus from on our away trips home. Hopefully it'll be from Newcastle and uh, I can spend a few more hours with a man who I didn't spend enough hours with, even though I spent plenty. And to be to be fair, the thought of me dad Borley and me having a crack again would be magic. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And um, and finally, what kit are your team going to be wearing? What era is the kit from? We see the 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 Dimplex Pony one was absolutely awful, but that was when Letizia was brilliant. It was the worst kit of all time. Not as bad as the uh, not as bad as the Admiral blue speckled away kit. That was awful. Um, but they do stand in my mind. But I think it's because it's Jimmy Case. I think it's the Black Slab Admiral um, sponsor. Just uh, not Admiral. Uh, the Black Slab Draper, the Hummel yeah. kit with the French knickers. <laughs> do you remember that? What was that all about? That was almost yeah. It was a little bit a low a low that. But yes, yeah. <laughs> um, that would be the kit for me. That's the kit when you know all sorts of stuff. You know, Franny launching fashion. Who, into orbit at Plough Lane and just a great kit. Russell Osman smashing him in from 40 yards. You know, just a great kit, really. Love that kit and I love that time because, as I say, I could get in the pub, but I was young enough to get in for £2.50 in the Milton uh, as a juvenile. So what can you say? Right, well, we've come to the end now uh, and it's time for me to read your team back to you. You've got Antony Amy in goal. You've got a back three of Mark Dennis... Ruben Agbula and Ivan Golak. Uh, a midfield four in a diamond with Jimmy Case at the bottom of the diamond. Steve Williams and Adam Lalana in the middle. Uh, Matt Letizia at the top of the diamond. Playing behind a front three of Steve Moran, Ricky Lambert and Mick Shannon. Sounds like a great team to me. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for um, talking us through your team. Uh, and listen, we, we hope to hear from you and maybe Mick Senior again shortly. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll nail him down when I can. But um, if I, as long as I can get, as soon as I get him away from horses, he'll be well focused because he does love a bit of this. And as I say, he's he's basically telling me that his centre forward is nowhere near as good as Lambert, and I'd like to hear from him there. So if I can get him down in the next couple of days, I'll I'll knock an audio file over to you and let you do the editing, gods. Amazing! Can't wait, Michael. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Ben, thank you. It's an absolute honour and I do apologise if I've bored anyone tearless, but it's been 
as I say, it's been 35 years in the making, this team, and uh, I'll probably change my mind about it tomorrow. Thanks, mate.